Welcome to Not For Girls, a podcast by two women fighting gender stereotypes, talking about life, career changes, and everything in between. Hello, I'm Leah. And I'm Nikki. And this week we are talking about career changes, uh, changing your career at some point in your professional life and taking it in a completely di- different direction. Yeah, and there's no justification for what what age either. You could be 10. <laughs> you could stop selling lemonade and start exactly. selling Pepsi. <laughs> it's it's any kind of, of career change, which I think is something that's quite close to our hearts. But we thought we thought it was quite an interesting subject because I think a lot of people are doing it more these days. Yeah, do you know what? I feel like um, I'm like (laughs) literally launching straight into it, but I genuinely feel like I've seen this happen a lot recently because of the lockdown um, and people have been putting loads of time and energy into side hustles while they've been furloughed and going, I'm going to start brewing beer or I'm going to start printing T-shirts or I'm going to start, I don't know, a podcast. Yeah, well, (laughs) like we did. (laughs) I like it though because it makes people be a bit more innovative. Like I can't even speak innovative uh, because they have a lot of time at home that they don't normally have and so Mm. I think because there's more time people are you know thinking more deeply about things that they'd like to do even like as hobbies that then could become like a career I know someone close to me has started like doing baking and now they're thinking about doing that as like a their own company and you know I, I think it's getting people to think more because you know you don't have these long commutes every day Mm. You can you can finish work and go bake if you want or make candles. Lots of people are doing lots yep. of strange things. Well, not strange, that's, you know, each to their own. People are streaming, like a lot of people are streaming now, I see. Everyone that I know seems to be doing that now. I mean, I know I did it too, but I did it before it was cool. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not yeah, you, you were the hipster of Twitch. <laughs> I did it before <laughs> lockdown. But, you know, <laughs> no, no qualms, do whatever you want, whenever you want. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's just, it's interesting to see. It just, it seems to be happening a lot at the moment. And I guess that's why we maybe felt that this topic had a lot of relevance now. And also, it's something that we've actually both done. Uh, We've both changed careers later in our life. So, uh, I mean, that might be a good place to kind of kick things off. Um, If you maybe could talk a little bit about your personal experience of changing careers and when that happened and what you changed from and to and how you found it. Yeah, so I think for me, it's... I did I did it fairly young so not as I was about 21 and mm-hmm. so I'd like to think at this time I'd like to think I had a career but I didn't really I <laughs> to give a bit of a backstory to my life I had very much always been into art at school I wasn't good at much else at that point I know that sounds really depressing but <laughs> I didn't really want to be like I didn't try very hard I, I knew obviously I could do things like science because I I now have a degree in it but at the time I just didn't have any passion I really liked doing art anything arty and I was I was complimented for it as well so for me you know at that age being quite insecure like anything that you're complimented on you just like hold on to someone says oh that's really good you should you should be an artist I go okay (laughs) that kind of like becomes your identity when you're that age almost and I didn't really feel like I was good at much else so I was kind of like going along this pathway and I I did always want to do stuff with animals. I knew that, but I had no confidence and I didn't think I was smart enough to do so. I didn't feel like my school did a very good job at, at honing in on what I actually wanted to do. Or like encouraging you to pursue these other 
exactly. areas. Yeah. Yeah. And science was boring at school. I just had no interest in it at all. It was all about Bunsen burners. And I, I wanted to do <laughs> natural world stuff, but there was not really much of that apart from like, oh hey, Lord. look at this plant. Yeah, I literally remember that. In chemistry, all we had was like, we had a cool teacher who looked like Father Christmas and he put, Stephen Fry did this on QI where he put a substance in another thing and it did like a big eruption that looked like memory foam. Awesome. That's my sole memory of science (laughs) at school. Yeah, and I remember doing stuff with batteries as well, like circuits. (laughs) You know, I hated it. Just did not enjoy yeah. it. You know, I, I, if I, if they taught us more about dinosaurs, maybe I'd be into it. But they didn't. So I had no mm. excitement there. And I didn't know how to do what I wanted to do. So anyway, art was a thing that was spoken about. So I did that. And I did all the GCSEs. I did like photography, fashion, anything nice. that I could kind of could be creative in. And then I was kind of not pushed in, but I then did an art and design foundation degree. Yep. I think it was called a degree, but it wasn't really a degree. It was the foundation before a degree. Pretend, yes, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, but it was at my school already because I was, luckily I was at an art school. Like, you know, you know that they sometimes in this country just, if it's if it's a sporty school or a, an arty school, it becomes either one or like a science school mm-hmm. because it's something they're good at. We were apparently an art school. <laughs> and so we had that and I thought, yeah, fuck it. It's free. Like, why not? And I had a lot of fun. I mean, Steph, Steph did it too, which was awesome. Um, we had a lot of fun with it. It was okay. And, you know, a, a time where that was ending and they said to us, do, do you want to go off to, to uni and, and do this as a like actual degree? Because, you know, you are doing a foundation. Mm. I was a bit like, I was hesitant. Steph went off and, and did a illustration degree somewhere else. And I was very close to doing a makeup course. I really enjoyed doing special effects makeup. It was something that I was really passionate about. Absolutely loved it. Like that combined with photography. I did like later on life, I have actually done some like zombie. I did like a zombie film for someone's like small, small short movie. That's so cool. Um, and I still, I'm still really passionate about, obviously I do cosplay. So I like makeup. I like, I like that. Right. And those that's, skills are still very much the skills that you're yeah, using. That's my way of doing it. And I, I went, mm. even went to an interview actually at London College of Fashion to, to do the, the, um, special effects makeup and stuff and and I got so close to doing it and I had this thing in the back of my mind that went you know well in the UK basically you do a degree once and you won't get it free again you won't Mm. get the government to help you so I thought whatever I do at uni I said this has to be what I really want to do because I can't go back and my brother always like warned me about that he was like make sure you're 100% and I wasn't I had this wavering like hesitance in my mind about doing it and uh and I didn't and I, everyone else went off to uni and I just didn't really do anything. I I sort of just wasn't sure and I knew it was such a big decision to make and I ended up just sort of doing bar work from about age 18, 19 uh, and I did work in a factory too. Like I was sort of just not really sure what I was doing. I was umming and ahhing. I think I tried to get into the games industry at one point. <laughs> I didn't tell you about this. I tried to get onto a 3D design, games design course Um but with no maths GCSE pretty much. So they were like straight up, nope. Uh, that that was my final dagger in the art coffin, to be honest. I mean, I kind of wish that I'd done that because obviously I love games. Um, and I remember I was about 20, 21 and I was still working mm. in the factory and I, I'd gotten quite depressed, to be honest. I didn't know what mm. to do in my life. And yeah. um, my partner at the time... I remember having a conversation once about it quite, you know, you, just, you reach like breaking point, you're just not really sure what to do. And, and they sort of turned around to me and said, if you could be doing anything in life right now without thinking about getting the, the course, without thinking about any of that, what would it be? And I said, like, 
biologists, like wildlife conservationists. Like that's what yeah. I would do. And they sort of asked me, well, why aren't, why don't you do it then? And I couldn't come up with a reasonable excuse as to mm-hmm. why I couldn't do it. Like, obviously I could say, well, I don't have a, a science degree. I don't have an animal management or science uh, college diploma. But none of those things would have stopped me. Like, that's not a justification as to why I shouldn't do it. Mm. And so the next day I was like, well, why shouldn't I do this? And I applied (laughs) for the animal management course down the road from where I lived. Um, I applied for it and I was shitting myself and I put my application. I thought, well, I'm 21. Like this, this course is for 15 year olds, like 15, 16 year olds. This is a college. So it sounds, if you're American listening to this, college isn't university. It's you're like 16, 15 when you go to college, right? So yeah, um, in the UK, high school is up until age 16. Yeah. Um, then you leave high school or secondary school. And then a lot of people will go to a, a completely separate college to do uh, age 16 to age 18 education, which is often A-levels or sometimes it's a BTEC or an NVQ or yeah. apprenticeships. And then when you're over 18... Uh, you go to university, mm-hmm. which is what I, and that's for us three years, but in America it would be college and yeah. four years. So that's the difference, I guess. So I applied to this BTEC course with no, like, I basically, so this will make you feel so better is, anyway. So everyone on your course would have been 16 yeah, and you were 21. Much. Yeah. So that was a shock. But to, to give some sort of insight as well, I had, in I was so sad to admit, but I, GCSE, I got E in science. And I retook it for my first A-level, my science, because they made me, because they said, well, we can't be doing A-levels if you've got an E in science. So I said, okay, I'll retake it. I retook it the next year. I got E again. Oh, shit. I've got got a a science master's, guys. So don't worry. It's fine. Like, if you get shit GCSEs, it doesn't have anything to do with your intelligence. It doesn't actually ruin the rest of your life at all. Don't worry about it. Just let that sink in. I bet my science teacher would just not, but he'd probably have, like, a massive, like, shock to the system if he found out that I have a master's in science. He'd be like, say what? (laughs) How can you... You, the (laughs) dum-dum! He's two years in a row? The same test? (laughs) (laughs) anyway so at this point when I was applying for my um college application for animal management I didn't think I was gonna get it so I did my little thing and I said you know I'm very passionate I may have really bad GCSEs including a I think I had F in maths I have dyscalculia that's a different thing we'll talk about another day I'm really bad at maths but it's in my brain um and I actually five hours later I emailed the college and I said because I panicked. I went, oh my God, I can't do this. What am I thinking? I asked him to retract my application. Wow. I said, don't worry, like it was a mistake. Like I actually did that. Um, I I got scared and I stopped and I oh. asked him to take it back. And they obviously didn't listen or didn't see my email because they sent me a like an, an interview letter like four days later. And I was like, oh shit. Uh, I didn't know what to do. So I just went, do you know what? Fuck it. Like, let's just go. And they let me in. <laughs> for some reason well you won them over with your charm and I remember <laughs> like interview. I told I told my like lecturer a few, like a year later I said by the way like did you never get my email and they were like no and I was like okay but obviously I'm so glad they didn't <laughs> I like... didn't want to be here lol <laughs> but the thing is it, it wasn't that I wanted to be there it was because I was so scared like right I it was the it was that anxiety again coming in saying well I can't do this I'm not smart mm. enough like I'm stupid because I, I when I was younger I, I can't do this yeah when I was younger yeah. I was sorry stupid because my GCSEs but I you know I put the work in and I did it and two mm. years later I had a distinction plus which is basically a plus 
for those for that time and i had like and so i think being older it really helped me because i was Mm. so passionate i was like you know what they've accepted me and i it was the passion that got me through and i was dedicated enough to basically start getting a A stars from being someone that was getting ease because i cared enough about what i was doing because that was something that i always always wanted to do but always Mm. didn't think i was smart enough to do it so it was really invigorating to actually do that and thank goodness they didn't get my email (laughs) yeah absolutely like that fear that anxiety that moment of doubt that could have cost you everything that you've achieved since then past nikki was a fucking idiot (laughs) and long story short i then did a um sorry it's a really it's a really long story but i then did a degree in science and then obviously did a master's in science and i'm now working in science so that's kind of that was my pivotal point of change though i felt like it was good to go into that and we can get Mm. into the minor details later but I think, yeah, like that, that's my story effectively. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely like identify with, with parts of that as well. Um, so I waited a, a bit longer, quite a bit longer <laughs> than you <laughs> to change careers. Um, so I, I can't remember if I've ever told you my, um, but I went to uni once before oh, going to uni that. just recently. Yeah, so uh, I didn't do great at my GCSEs either. Um, I kind of, around like age 14, 15, I started to get quite, quite sort of, I started to struggle with mental health and things and just really didn't care to like pay attention or try at school it was not important to me I had emotional you know teenage adolescent problems to deal with and I was like sorry you want to teach me about fucking maths formula no thank you yeah I was I was bad I was like it's all about my friends and boys that was all I cared about apparently it's like it's all about my space and (laughs) listening to emo music bye yeah exactly (laughs) like this very much teenage Leah oh it's so funny I found one of my school report cards the other day and that was uh, basically what I had done was I had taken a quiz to say what type of things you enjoy and therefore what type of jobs you might enjoy and my results came back where I I basically pressed dislike or dislike strongly on anything (laughs) on on everything sorry and the results just went um you may need to take your test and think about retake it and think about things that you actually like oh my god (laughs) that's so typical of teenage Leah just uh, yeah. no everything oh, see, okay that, that reminds me I, I found a report card but from when I was like six the other oh, day that's um, adorable. and then no it couldn't have been six must have been like seven I don't know whenever you have like RE and like humanities I mean I did a GCSE and RE and humanities maybe and I think stuff, it might have been like, like year five no so like middle school like middle, maybe middle age, school yeah maybe age like eight nine ten yeah. something like that and there was a sentence at the end which just kills me um so obviously my name is Nicola, but it said, uh, it said, Nicola tolerates other people's beliefs well. And it just killed me. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? As opposed to like not tolerating other people's beliefs. She tolerates like so- it, but she doesn't like them. <laughs> like you were some bigoted 10 year old that was like, well, if you must believe in that, I suppose it's all right. This <laughs> killed me. I was like, nothing has changed. I'll tolerate them. That's what I was. I'll tolerate it, but I won't be happy about it. Okay, <laughs> and I'm like that six down on the record. Seven at this yeah, point. she tolerates. She tolerates everyone in the class. <laughs> tolerates. That is amazing. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry we're distracted from your, uh, no, your story. That's absolutely fine. Perfectly happy for that to be a tangent. That was hilarious. Um, yeah, so very much kind of felt a bit misguided and unsure about what I wanted to do in my kind of teenage years. 
but everybody else was going off to uni and like yourself I think I kind of felt that pressure that I should be doing something but wasn't 100% sure with what I wanted to do Uh, and I enrolled and attended for about six months uh, a degree in English literature and media communications oh wow because I was like I'm good at English it's pretty good uh, media like experience for podcasts well yeah if I probably had completed the degree it probably would have helped but (laughs) (laughs) but I think I really what I really disliked about it was that in English you just have to read books and then write essays about the books and then go oh the way they use metaphor is so good and it bored the crap out of me like I was good at English but I was not passionate enough about it to do it for three years I got really bored uh, and so I left. I left that as well. I was like, I'm not going to spend this money. But like you said, you get one allowance of student loans, one per person in this country. You get one go of student loans, yeah. and then that's it. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not going to spend. It. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bow out now, and I'm gonna wait until I'm sure. Oh yeah, but surely. So did you? Did you only do one like semester then? Yeah, one semester. So that me- that just meant that you had to pay for one semester later on. No, uh, sorry, no, two. It- um, I think it's done per academic year. So because I had not completed an academic year, oh. when I just did my degree recently, I got all my acad- I got everything on student loans. Right. Completely. Okay. So that was good. Then yeah. you didn't you didn't have any backlash there because I didn't know that. Yeah. Ooh, maybe I, I should... don't know if that's yeah. like still the rule, but yeah, it didn't okay. affect me student finance wise, which is a relief because degrees are expensive, y'all. Yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, I didn't enjoy that. I left and then, like you said, I, I pretty much drifted for a little while. Um, not like a vagrant hitchhiking from town to town, drinking my sorrows away. Um, it was more drifting from job to job, trying to step into a career. Uh, so I did retail, uh, I did admin jobs, uh, worked in call centers, I worked in the energy industry, I worked in the financial services industry, and I got into training. Um, so the career that I left to go to university was in corporate training and I was designing and uh, scheduling and delivering training for like a whole department of people um, in a corporate environment. Uh, and then, yeah, re- I really enjoyed it. I got the chance to be creative. I-, I managed to kind of pour some creativity into the way that I would train people or the ways that I would deliver information. And it was really satisfying. Like I, I get when teachers talk about how-, how rewarding it feels to be able to help somebody do something that they-, they come in thinking, oh, this is hard. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do it. And just with a little bit of guidance and equipping somebody with the right tools, they can then go, oh my god I actually get this now this is awesome like I can do something that I didn't think I was able of doing so um that was that was a really rewarding job for a while but working in the corporate industry it just really got me down I felt and this is probably a, a little bit uh <laughs> this is going to sound like teenage Leah this is going to be a very emo thing to say you were but... <laughs> working for the man <laughs> yeah I was like mm, fuck capitalism no joking <laughs> I just, I felt like I had to fit into this corporate mold and I didn't. And I just had to deny parts of myself that I really wanted to fulfill and express. Uh, We, we, you know, we talked about this, like going into that office, you couldn't be yourself. You had to just be like, oh, hello, you're through to the call center. How can I suck your dick today, sir? (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was so uh, just... uh, uh, draining in every sense of the word like 
I, just, I just I did the way that's gonna say the way that I felt when I sort of had to work in like factories and other places mm. was especially there as well we worked in the same place um mm. you feel like a cog in a system yeah. you don't feel like yeah. a person even the way that they talk about you uh so you might ask for example oh okay next week I need to go uh, have a, a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment or do something I need to go on Thursday afternoon next week and they'll go oh we don't have enough resource not yeah. people not human beings <laughs> it's just not not enough resource in the resource pool we don't have enough workforce hours and so you're not a person you are just a number you are you give the company this number and that makes us be a company and deliver yeah. the thing that we do you and you're like yeah but I have I like literally have a health thing that I need to just go get sorted so I need that time because I need to deal with this issue and then I'll, I'll be fine I just I'll come straight back in no sorry we don't have enough resource you'll have to rebook it or you'll have to make up the time and it's like okay so I shouldn't have a human body and have human <laughs> needs and be a person I can just imagine you if this ever happened to you just you just shouting like I'm sorry for living and just walking out just <laughs> I didn't sassy. ask to be born <laughs> I didn't ask to need this mole removed. I know you went to you. at this point, but I just like to imagine it. I mean, you're not far off. Like, I'm really, I'm happy with that being out there. It is what it is. It's fine. <laughs> but I've experienced it. Unfortunately, yeah. um, there are some horrendous things, especially in those kind of industries, like the um, the Bradford factor or whatever it's called and all that kind of yeah. thing with absence. It, tr- it treats you like you're not a person. It doesn't look at you individually as a human. Mm. And if you're not perfect, then you're letting the system down. And that sounds really bitchy and a little bit fucked this to me, but that's kind of how I felt. And I'm not to say that, to be honest, even a lot of companies probably are like that, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. But I think that if you're in a situation where you do feel like you want to change things up, then that's something that's going to really be making you probably want to do that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think like what what I started to realize, and this is this is pretty much the the crux of this topic that I have like. If I could distill everything down and talk about career changes in like one simple way, it would just be if you're on your deathbed and you're looking back at your life mm-hmm. and thinking about how you spent your time, would you be happy? And when I started asking myself that question, it it changes how do you define success? How do you define happiness? How do you define, uh, like, what goals do you do you decide you want to set? Um, and what goals do you want to try and achieve? Because, yeah, I probably could have stayed in that job and tried to climb that corporate ladder. But I kind of just felt like it's, and I'm not being overdramatic to say, like, because I had a really, I had a mix of managers. I had some good managers and I had some absolutely awful ones. And if you're working with people around you every single day who are not supportive, don't particularly give a shit if if you have other things that affect your job or other priorities that you need to be doing. And um, particularly in my position where I was training and I was working with a bunch of really, really new managers who didn't know the job, didn't know the work, didn't know the processes. And I was kind of in a supporting role to them saying, look, this is kind of what we need to be doing. Otherwise standards are going to slip and we're going to have way more stuff to deal with because everything's going to basically be wrong we're gonna have loads more shit to fix and basically that ended up happening because (laughs) they just made bad choices anyway and it became a really frustrating place to work and if you're around that every single day with people who don't give a fuck see you as a number don't particularly 
think that any value that you have goes above and beyond just taking the next call in the queue like I, I really just felt like I was sort of dying inside like my soul was just <laughs> eroding every single day especially knowing now like having done my degree recently how creative I can be and how good at that I can be like there is such a clear reason like now I can completely see why I did not fit in that corporate world and I think that I mean for a lot of people if they have a dream like like being you know working with animals like yourself or if they're creative people um it's really hard to just you know be in that corporate environment or be in a job that just grinds you down because ultimately that becomes your life if that's how you're spending a massive chunk of your waking week then yeah that's going to become your your existence and that's going to become your identity and if you're not happy doing that I mean who cares if you can afford a great house and a nice car if you feel genuinely unhappy with with what you're doing and how you're spending your time and that was kind of the realization that I got to uh which is a part of the reason why I left to to do my degree so um so yeah that <laughs> that's that's kind of helped me like have some perspective I think kind of looking back on uh, on all that stuff so how did the process then go obviously of you being in that job and then sort of like was that difficult like what did you have to kind of do in terms of leaving the job to go do my degree yeah so this is really interesting, actually. So, <laughs> well, it's interesting to me and probably you because you actually know my partner, but he uh, never went to uni. Uh, he very much had your outlook, which is I'm not sure what I want to do. I'm going to work for a bit. I'm going to get some life experience and then I'm going to decide. Yeah. And I was looking at uh, evening courses or short courses or part time courses in creative writing and going you know I just feel like if I've got a creative outlet that will be really good but it will help me and then I can keep my career here and then I can get into other other roles and climb the ladder and everything la di da and he said why don't you just go for it why don't you just do your degree you never got your degree why don't you just do a degree mm. in creative writing rather than paying you know, a pretty large fraction of that out of your own money to do uh, a part-time course. Uh, just just go do the three years, get government funding. I'll be at uni anyway. You know, why don't you do it? And literally that same fear and doubt and apprehension that you described completely filled me. And I was just thinking, well, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I mean, I got, I, I really didn't do great in my GCSEs I got a few A's and then I got a few E's as well it was very much a smorgasbord <laughs> the E club yay an E club I got E's in all my sciences as that well, actually kind so. of sounds like a drug club so maybe we shouldn't shout that <laughs> oh yeah no it wasn't that uh we didn't we didn't do anything like that we just got bad grades <laughs> sorry well, we won't shout that in public drugs. it's fine <laughs> yeah the E club <laughs> like in front in, on the street in front of the cops no no officer no sorry this will hold up in court I swear uh, <laughs> and uh yeah and then I got C's in my A-levels I got three C's which is very like average very mediocre like I passed but you know that's not a great grade it's not A's or B's or whatever and I knew I could have tried harder but I just didn't for reasons and Same. um yeah it happens and my, I, I, was, I had all these doubts and was like, no, they won't accept me. I'll never get in. And bear in mind as well, this was in July that year, uh, July 2017. How old were you at this point, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, 28, 29, something okay. like that. Which is good. I think it's good for context. 
absolutely 28 29 years old and um and yeah and I was like oh, I'll never get in they won't accept me I'm you know my grades aren't high enough I looked at the entry requirements and it was like ABB or AAB or something and I was like I'm nowhere near you know they'll never accept me and he said we'll just call them call them, give them your information, make an inquiry. And if you need to do a foundation uh, course to qualify for the degree, or you need to do a different qualification or retake any other uh, exams, then at least you know, and you know what that option is. If that's a route that you want to go down, at least just get the information. It was great advice. He's a very logical dude. So like, (laughs) thank God he was there to talk down my crazy in a crazy yeah. voice. Well, it's it's not even crazy. It's that it's the doubt. It's exactly what I had. It's yeah. You have this sort of inbuilt doubt. You're you're perfectly mm. capable, but it, you just sometimes you just need someone to just turn around and be like, well, why not? Mm. Like you'll be fine. Like do it. Yeah, just find out, and then at least you have the information. If it's a no, it's a no. But right now, you're just blocking yourself yeah. from even finding out, which was very much what I did. Uh, so I called up. Uh, I, I I distinctly remember I was working a late shift and it was a Friday, and so I called up. Uh, it was it was through clearing. So basically, that is um, when everybody is at college uh, or um, doing their A levels uh, at age eighteen, they apply through a portal called UCAS to be able to apply for their university degree and everything goes through there and you write your personal statement you get your projected grades and then you get offers from different uh universities and then you can decide which one you want to go through if you get the grades that you need and all that had already happened because that happens like back in january so all that had already happened and then clearing is where the courses haven't filled up yet and maybe you didn't get the grades you wanted so you have to quickly call up another uni and go okay I now can't go to the one that I chose back on my applications in January will you please take me because I've got three C's rather than ABB or whatever so it's, it's clearing it's kind of filling up the last minute spaces over the summer. And I called up this through clearing and spoke to the admin team and said, yeah, I'm a, I would be a mature student. These are my grades. This is what I would want to do. Um, you know, uh, here's my information. And it was that was on my lunch break. That was about 2 p.m. on a Friday. And I was like, I mean, I'm just going to not hear back over until way into next week. You know, I'm just going to have the weekend agonizing <laughs> about what answer I will get. <laughs> but at least you didn't email them being like, no. Being like, oh, I never mind. <laughs> Uh, forget about me I don't don't want that anymore no I didn't (laughs) but I went back from my lunch break about 2 30 and worked for the rest of the afternoon and it was a really nice hot summer evening as I was walking home from work and I got my phone out to put some music on for the walk home and you know just check my notifications and I had an email from the university that said yada yada clearing team and I was like oh this is probably just the acknowledgement email to be like thanks for contacting us we've passed your details onto such and such department, we'll let you know. And I open the email and it just goes, uh, yeah, you've got a place. That's uh, amazing. Turn up in September. And I, I swear I almost just shat myself in the road <laughs> right there. I was like, you fucking what? To my phone. And <laughs> I thought you knew something else, but no, you nearly just shit your pants. I, I, I didn't know how to react. It was like my stomach just dropped. And I was yeah. like, what? Is this real? And I basically screenshot that email and sent it to my partner. And I was like, am I reading correctly? <laughs> or am I going to uni? Like, what? Is this actually real? <laughs> Help me. And I then... just defecated in my pants. <laughs> Help me. I need clean pants. I'm on the corner <laughs> of the road and I've, I've crapped my pants. <laughs> 
No, thankfully not. Um, Luckily, you didn't reply that to the email instead. (laughs) (laughs) They might have said no. Sorry, we actually need everybody who comes to university to already know how to use a toilet. Um, It's kind of a prerequisite. (laughs) That's amazing, though. Not that you nearly shit yourself, but then you go in. (laughs) It was amazing that I didn't shit myself. I mean, let's have a moment of acknowledgement for that. Um, but yeah, and I was just completely over the moon. And then I was able to sort out my funding in time. Um, I had to move. I moved into a shared house because rent is so expensive and I had to save money. And but yeah, I, I turned up, I did my degree. And actually, I think I still had some of that fear, that like fear of failure. Oh, yeah. Which made me work super duper hard. Um, but then I ended up graduating with a first. So that kind yeah. of fear of failure paid off because I just worked my socks off and um, got like a, a good classification so but it just it um, makes you so proud because you're like you you yeah. know that the reason why you got bad issues which for me followed me for such a long time it made oh me God, feel same. like i, had stupid I felt written really stupid yeah really yeah. dumb and when you do something like that like when i got my good college grade and and mm. i got an all right um i got like two one at, at uni that's uh, like I but it was fucking hard and it had stats so that's why I'm like if I was good at stats then maybe i would have got first, i mean but... having dis- discalculator and doing that is <laughs> is going to be so hard topic for another episode but (laughs) yeah um it makes you feel so good because you're like well actually the only thing that was holding me back was my dedication Mm. and my passion it wasn't anything to do with my intelligence Mm. it's more you and yourself and how passionate you feel 100 percent. that for me is the underline um and the next thing that we were going to talk about with the advantages and disadvantages of changing careers Mm -hmm. at a later stage in your life and that for me is the biggest advantage yeah is actually being able to do something that you're passionate about because that is such like (laughs) just something that sustains you as a person to be like I'm doing something that I love every day I mean I'm not I right now I'm looking for jobs (laughs) because uh graduating in a pandemic not Not great (laughs) but it gives you confidence like for me I became a different person and that sounds so ridiculous Mm. bear in mind when I went to college and did all the university stuff I was like early 20s mid 20s you change your at that point in your life the Mm. most but I changed from being a meek not very confident person who had this thing distilled in my brain that I thought I was stupid it was something that Mm. I had a lot growing up like I always felt like I wasn't an intelligent person and I was ditzy and I played the ditzy role despite the fact that I knew I wasn't ditzy but I played into it and then it was when I was able to actually study you know look into what I was interested in and be passionate and actually like realize oh actually I can do this Mm. it just changed me I was not the same person like if you knew me before this you would have thought that I was not the same Nikki. Does it feel like you've stepped into the person that you were sort of meant to become if that doesn't yeah, sound too I think so. uh, you know like philosophical I was always so passionate about animals and I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to take it but like I remember thinking back when I was like 10 I think I spent like two whole summers watching Animal Planet Steve Irwin wow. not just Steve Irwin because you might be like well are you really an animal lover because he jumped on crocodiles I love Steve Irwin don't diss him he's amazing <laughs> maybe all of his things weren't necessarily that great for conservation but he was a great guy and I watched David Attenborough too I watched everything on Animal Planet and this is when Animal Planet was good sorry Animal Planet did um, you watch the really really wild show with yeah Stra- I watched Strachan, Strachan, all of that shit all of I it. loved anything to do with animals like Crocodile I was Dundee <laughs> yep been there done that <laughs> Every... Ace Ventura pet detective. <laughs> yep, I wanted to be Ace Ventura. <laughs> I spoke to my animals. Um, I had Adorable. a pet slug. 
who died. Um, it wasn't my fault. Actually, no, it was my fault. Um, I'm going to have to tell <laughs> the story now. Did you try to feed it really salty fish and chips? <laughs> no, it was a really sad story. So I found, oh. I was probably about five or six, bear in mind. I was a small, small child. And I found a little slug. And he was a teeny baby slug. And I called him Tiny. And Tiny was my <laughs> friend for like the whole day. We did everything together. I loved Tiny, as you can tell, because I named a Tiny Slug. Um, you name it, you get attached to it. Anyway, I thought, yeah. so what's about the afternoon? I thought that Tiny would want to have a nice sunbathe. Oh no. A couple of hours later, I, I came back to story. Tiny. And he oh was, God. he was no longer Tiny. He was basically like a rock. He was solidified oh. slug. And he I learned a hard lesson that day. Slugs don't like sunbathing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I was upset. Anyway, oh. this has nothing to do with my now degree in, in animal conservation. Um, Did that make it onto your application though? I once um, sunbathed a slug, actually. <laughs> but then I've I- been experimenting with animal behaviour since <laughs> I was five. <laughs> Later on in life, I had a. I accidentally... Um, like nearly killed a snail like i cracked the shell oh my and God, I so i hate it when that happens when you're like it's autumn and you're walking and yep. you don't see it under the leaves and you hear the crunch oh i feel horrible but then i got a tupperware and i put this broken shelled snail into the tupperware with some like salad and i looked after this snail for like three days and its shell mended itself because that <gasps> happens guys and oh so this God. this snail was called gandalf which i thought you might appreciate because uh, oh he, he was reborn. <laughs> he was reborn as a stronger, leveled up version of his previous so, snail self. I made up for the tiny mistake. Yeah. But anyway, that was a long divergence <laughs> off of the main topic of I liked animals a lot. I wanted to have a career from the very beginning of my life. Yeah. Um, I just got misguided by my lack of confidence and not thinking mm. I could do it. So I don't know where I was going with that, but I'm passionate about it and I'm doing that, it now. That was, yeah, <laughs> that was the point we were making. It was about passion. Um, And, and yeah, it, it, it was exactly the same for me, literally, between not deciding not to do the degree that I was on back when I was 18 and properly the right age to go to uni and then doing my degree just recently uh I was writing the entire time like the amount of stuff that I I wrote and planned out and yeah I had a full-time job and sort of the other issue if you're working in an office all day and then you come home and sit at your desk and type away doing creative stuff um it can be a little bit of a slog because it's just really sedentary and having a really draining job kind of takes energy away from those other projects but I still put as much energy and passion as I could into writing stuff and I did I did other courses like I did some online stuff um with my writing like in my 20s before I applied uh to to do my degree and everything and that passion just never went away and I feel like I mean that seems to be a recurring theme at least for us that like deciding to make these career changes was just born from this place of like I love this thing and if I can make this thing my bread and butter if I can do that for a living Mm -hmm. I'll I'll be happy every day even if it's tough even if I have challenges even if everything isn't exactly perfect the way I wanted it I will know that that I did it and I tried and I am still pursuing that passion and it comes down to money doesn't make you happy. And I knew that when I got into, when I, I knew that when I applied for the college course and the uni course and the master's, mm. I always knew that this job wasn't going to give you a lot of money. Like I knew that. I yeah. I was well aware and I thought, do you know what? I don't care because at least I will be happy. And I, mm. I if I can go into work every day and it not make me feel like shit, 
mm. like it has done in other jobs where there's been like it's just meaningless yeah. then i'm happy i don't care it can pay it can pay me minimum wage if i enjoy it which is such a, a rare thing for people in life mm. then I, that's fine pay me peanuts yeah I, I mean i i agree i think I, it's funny i was listening to a psychology podcast about does money make you happy and at current economic levels uh what uh this this podcast basically said was that up to earning around 100 grand a year yes money can make you happy at that level because you don't have stress of That's course true. by your finances you don't have bills to worry about you can live comfortably you can pay for whatever you need uh you can get a property you can support your family uh you can very much be be freed by that level of having that level of financial income but anything over and above 100 grand a year doesn't make a difference statistically scientifically psychologically if we earn more than that it's just well what am I going to do with it I still have to do this job I've still got the free time I'm still going to spend my free time doing what I'm passionate about spending time with my loved ones you know uh, maybe enjoying a, a holiday or you know some time off every now and again but ultimately it doesn't elevate your life that much more no. like or, or elevate your happiness and if you're not doing more. anything that gives you skills or stimulates your brain or is something mm. I, I imagine you can feel quite lost because even from like a human evolution perspective if you're not doing anything you become very sedentary your brain has nothing to do and actually yeah. that can cause depression in itself even if yeah. you've got a lot of money if you mm. don't feel like you have to do anything mm. I think that's um which is which is interesting because effectively that makes you think completely differently. You're like, well, I can live, I should be happy. But actually, if you haven't got anything to work for, sometimes that's just as bad as not having money. I don't know, it's complicated. It is, but I, I mean, I, I guess it goes down to like how each person, each of us as an individual defines happiness or defines success. Mm. Um, but for a lot of creatives, uh, you don't get into it for the money. You get into no. it for the passion and that is very much kind of what sustains you through that financial instability yeah. because I, I mean it can be really hard I think like retraining uh that costs money if you want to change careers and you need a different qualification that's that's money straight away so I, I think for a lot of people they have to kind of keep working the shitty job and then save up until mm. they can actually do a course in whatever they want to do and then start down a different career path uh, yeah. so the financial instability can play a part there but once you're doing what you love, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I know a lot of creatives who that is very much the truth for them. They have not gotten into it for the money because for a lot of creatives, it's gig economy. You take commissions, you hit that commission, you get paid by one person for doing that, that, you know, one day's work or whatever. Um, a lot of people just are freelance. They're sole traders. They, they just take commissions and, you know, work either locally in their community or online or both and just get, you know, um, individual invoices rather than like a monthly paycheck from a company um obviously there's like drawbacks of that in a practical sense because you have to do like all your own tax returns and everything which in america they have to anyway we have a pay-as-you-earn system here where as soon as you get your wages the government just sweeps in and goes oh we'll have a bit of tax off of that before it gets to you actually thanks very much <laughs> um but in america you have to do it yourself every year you have to do your tax returns all the time oh, anyway that's horrible. but Who has for time for that yeah, I know, right? Like, and and I think typically in America, companies give two weeks holiday. Here we get four weeks. 
So, like, it's not like you could even use your annual leave to be like, oh, I've got to do my taxes. All right, I'll take oh, the day off and do my taxes. Like, it's I'm really sorry, shit, guys. isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, but we feel for you, America. Yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, I mean, we might, <laughs> we might not be, <laughs> we might be laughing on the other side of our face uh, come true. the new year when a certain thing happens and we're not a member of a certain thing anymore. And then a lot of workers' rights will go down the toilet um so but we, anyway. might, we might end up just as uh, just the same but that <laughs> I was gonna to be seen. sorry go on no that's fine I was pretty much at the end of my point I was just talking about <laughs> that's that's to me the main disadvantage of changing careers is the whole the money side of it and the practical yeah. side of it and it's it's affording to live I was on, gonna ask that. you because when I mean when I did all of my basically my change I was still quite young and I was able to live at home and I I had already I kind of kept my bar job so I I had that afloat but obviously you changed career a lot later in life and I mean people may be listening right now who are like considering changing at maybe 29 into their Mm. 30s what would you say generally like financially how you coped not obviously this isn't a personal question like tell me how much money you spent per week but like did you find that 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 was something that restricted you from doing it did you find that it wasn't as bad as you thought yeah I mean it's, it's a really prevalent question so uh I was lucky in the sense that I I qualified for the full amount of funding that that you can possibly get. I was eligible for the maximum amount of student funding from the government. Uh, or it's not from the government, it's from student loans company, but whatever. Um, so I was able to pay for my tuition uh, and also pay for my rent and my bills uh, just from having uh, loans, student loans. Uh, that was, was what funded me. But I know people, uh, you know, in my life now who are changing careers, they're going completely different directions. Again, funnily enough, leaving quite corporate situations and going into more, you know, practical or creative things. Um, so a friend of mine is uh, like leaving law and going into uh, training, like personal fitness and personal training and stuff. And uh, so that's a completely different kettle of fish. But what they decided to do was save up uh, it, as much as, the, as they needed for the course, straight up for that qualification. Uh, and then also as much as they needed for rent uh, and bills for about six months. And then 50% on top of that as well, just That's as good. a buffer, just as a cushion. So all your expenses for whilst you're training and whilst you're, you know, just living off of your savings, basically, um, all of that is, you know, you, you save that away into a little pot, but you, you give yourself a little bit extra as well, because there's every chance that you're going to have some unforeseen costs. Um, obviously, not everyone's in a position to do that and saving up can take some time, but um that seems to be like a fairly reliable formula for kind of you know saving up um thankfully at uni I was able to get a part-time job um so I was able to to earn like just enough to kind of cover a few extra you know bills phone and internet and the occasional uh venture into the outside world (laughs) prior to uh earlier this year um but yeah, I, I mean, my, I kept my costs low. Um, definitely living on a budget, I think, is something that a lot of people, if they're changing careers, kind of get get a bit familiar doing because you can't kind of 
go out and spend your money on whatever you want you've got to be like oh shit I've got to get that textbook which is 30 quid and so I probably can't come out for dinner this week sorry guys um but that's like sometimes you've got to make those calls um and so uh or, or if I did go out I would have like small portions um and not drink and just kind of keep my costs as low as possible so it's definitely unless you come from you know intergenerational wealth where you've got you know family that are quite happy to fund you if you're like me and you're doing it completely self-sufficiently um I guess it's just a matter of looking for loans looking for funding and there is a lot out there um so doing doing our research on what kind of uh funding we're eligible for is a massive you know must do uh and then yeah just just trying to trying to stick to a budget um and yeah make savings where you can mm. um i mean thankfully uh little and aldi not only are they the cheapest but they are the best they do like the best cheese i was so happy like for my three <laughs> years at uni i saved so much money and i ate so much cheese oh it was amazing i mean that's the student thing though isn't it you just eat shit and like yeah. <laughs> but it's so different being a student when you're a bit older because obviously we both were older students like I was mm. I was we were both mature students but I probably was a bit less mature especially when I got to uni because everyone was although they were young like so I when I got to uni I must have been about 23 24 mm. and so everyone was either 18 but there was a lot of older people like older there were people that were in their 30s 40s yeah uh, obviously a lot of people were a bit younger but it was it was a real mix but I think when I was at college that was probably the biggest change because I was like 21 and these these kids were like 16 you know and yeah. to be fair I think that was the only time in my life where I actually felt cool because you think that was a disadvantage <laughs> but no they looked up to me mm. uh you know I was thinking that I was going to get in there and they were going to bully me they were quite scary kids to be honest um they look like they could kill you but <laughs> I got in there and they were like how old are you and I was like 21 and they were like they just like oh, bowed. so cool they were like bowed they were like so you can buy us alcohol and I was like <laughs> I can maybe I will maybe I won't I didn't what's I, in it for me I was very good but they knew that I could and that gave me superiority over them and you they had became, power they became my minions they didn't really <laughs> To this but... day, I have an army of worshippers. <laughs> They're a lot older now, um, but <laughs> no they, were, they were good kids. But yeah, like yeah. that was that was quite a stark thing. But have you yeah. obviously you were a bit older when you went to uni? Did you find that was weird? I, do you know what? I think that's a really common misconception. It was definitely a misconception that I had that I was like, I'm going to turn up. They're all going to be a bunch of you know kids basically 18 year old kids and I'm gonna be like an old woman like what is this TikTok you're all using um, <laughs> I completely felt like I was just gonna um be like a social pariah like completely ostracized not get on with anybody but not only were there loads of other mature students on the course it was probably about 60 40 60 percent normal age 40% mature okay so it wasn't like it was just me like there was a, there was quite a few other people who were mature students um and actually we all had this subject that we were studying in common so uh nobody really felt that different because we were all very much on a level we're all students we're all here to learn we're all mm. trying to figure out the same shit and apply our skills in the same ways and help each other do that uh, yeah I and think... there were definitely people that I learned from who were a lot younger than me so like I definitely I, I mean I didn't have like I wasn't like super duper arrogant going in like oh they'll all I'll be the best one but I also wasn't super duper like 
it, it never happened that it filled up to that expectation of being a social pariah and not fitting in because actually it was just chill everybody just got on and kind of just cracked on with the with the learning really <laughs> yeah I think it's a it's a big misconception um that people think that everyone is going to be young because actually when I went I was like oh I don't feel like a mature student anymore and even calling mm. myself a mature student didn't even make sense because I think at uni you maybe had to be above 25 and I wasn't but mm. I was so used to being um you know like the leader of these 16 year olds <laughs> that I was like oh yeah. I'm no longer the boss um and so that was that was weird and I think it wasn't the youngest anymore there was some people in there that you know I think the oldest we had in some of the they were more in like the archaeology science side of it and mm. human evolution, but they were in their in their sixties. I loved them. They're these two guys in their sixties. I was always really confused by them. But I think they were just like, fuck it, like let's learn about archaeology. Like we're retiring, but we got some time and money, so let's do it. I loved I it. I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. You I wanna such... I wanna be that kind of, <laughs> you know, older person. You get such a diverse range of people in university courses. So I would recommend mm. if anyone out there is like thinking or having thoughts about it, like don't be put off by that because you will not be the oldest and I'm sure depending on how old you are as you're listening to this if you're 90 then you might be um <laughs> but yeah like it's it's something that is definitely not you know not what you think yeah absolutely and just like lastly about the misconceptions and stuff in terms of having fears about our age or changing careers and I this is something that I hear a lot it's something I've heard from my parents of oh, I just feel like it's too late for me it, it isn't no. <laughs> it absolutely isn't I don't think that ever applies uh, I, I, I honestly honestly don't um, and actually what I found was as I kind of went through the three years of studying I felt really really lucky that I was a little older uh, than a, a few of the other people there because for a lot of them they've just turned 18 they're living away from home for the very first time uh, they're trying to budget by themselves. They miss their friends. They miss their family. They're trying to make new friends. They're all trying to date, like not each other necessarily, but like they're <laughs> they're all eighteen and you know going out and having relationships. They want to go clubbing. They want to party. Like that's fine. They're old enough to drink now, so go for it. Um, and there's all these different things that you feel this pressure to do of like you know you're 18 and they're the, therefore the doors of the world have opened up to you and you can do anything and you're away from home for the first time and you've got all these new experiences to deal with and the amount of like emotional strain that I saw some people struggle with uh of kind of having to deal with some of these things and feeling you know really doubtful themselves because you know they're away from home they don't know anybody here and it's a completely you know alien concept to them um, and I found myself feeling like, you know, shit, at least I'm settled. I've got a partner. I'm not hormonal, go, like going out and wanting to party and, you know, meet people like I've kind of done all that. And now I'm quite happy to like knuckle down on the course. And actually, I was able to kind of take a little bit more of a supportive role um, to, to some of these other people and be like, look, you know, it's fine. Don't worry you know you'll get over this I know it feels like the end of the world because you're 18 and you've, your it's, relationship's ended but yeah it's I funny promise you you'll be fine kind of thing you know so you, you say you became a supportive thing but I just keep putting teenager Leah in all these situations and I can just see you just being like come on you babies sort it out Leah away from home but god what's that you got your heart broken sounds like you could use some emo music <laughs> suck it up, His, kids. 
here's my playlist. Here you go. If you need, if you need the alcohol and cigarettes, they're in the second drawer down. <laughs> oh, you want the room to be your lights off? Yeah, that's fine. Don't cry too much. I've only got one box of tissues left. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I, I do. I, I agree. For me, I think personally, if I was younger and doing the course that I did, and especially seeing people around me, I would not have got what I did. I had to try really hard just to get a 2-1. I think because mm. of the way that I am with my maths and everything. Um, I, If I had had any kind of distraction like they have, being young and everything like that, uh, and youthful, I would have mm. probably fucked up. But I was so... I felt so lucky to be there and to be doing it. And the age that I was, I was just like, do you know what? Like, I'm not going to fuck this up. Like, this yeah. is a lot of fucking loan money. Um, yeah, got to make you it count. That, yeah, that's just that's just what it is, though. As you get older, you just become more like that. It's just when you're younger, you're distracted. Mm. Hence my bad, you just use. Um, <laughs> Ditto. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's absolutely fine. I think, you know, if you're passionate and you feel like there's something in there that you want to do in life... There isn't really much that should stop you, as we've just expressed, which yeah. I think is is good because I think we're trying to be trying to be positive about it because these days, as we were saying, often you get pushed in to mm. a career that you think that you should be in, or you're pushed to do a university degree that you don't want to do just because you feel like you should go to uni. But the truth is, you know, you can stop doing what you're doing at any time and do something else. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I even um, my my dad, who's nearly sixty, uh, he's just done a, a course to qualify as like a, a yoga teacher, um, so he can teach other people yoga now. And he's only been doing it himself oh, for a amazing. few years, but like he loves it. Uh, another one of my friends, um, her uh, grandparents are Scottish. And so uh, her grandfather, he retired. Basically, if you are born in Scotland and you go to uni in Scotland, university's free. Um, so, so jealous. he retired and then decided to go to university and become a painter because that's how he wanted to spend his retirement. And he already had his career. He was getting his pension, but he was like, well, I can do my degree and go, go for free and, you know, learn art. Uh, and and that's that's something that he went off and and is now doing. And I just I think it's amazing. There's there is no point in your life where you should get to a point of going, oh, I can't do the thing I love. The only thing the only thing that will mean that you can't do the thing you love is like not being alive anymore. <laughs> if you have got <laughs> breath in your lungs and ambition in your brain, you can go do that thing. Like whatever it is, even if it's a hobby, even if it's as a side project at first, and then you kind of transition over into changing your career completely. Like I 100% believe like everybody who wants to do it is able able and capable of doing it. Yeah. There is a bit of a stigma, unfortunately, mm. with changing careers, um, which I found um, not necessarily like for me or me personally having it, but I know like a lot of people from my degree or mm. similar degrees, they went to uni from a young age and have now changed what they're doing. A lot of people will often say mm. to them, well, you just wasted all that money or you did this or you did that. Right. And I personally think that that's not good. I think that actually there's nothing wrong with changing up if you're not sure. And I think what it is is when you change career you're effectively getting new brain stimulus right and mm. you're gaining new skills and I think that I think that's obviously that is a disadvantage people may look at you differently but I think that I mean fuck everyone else but <laughs> you know it's it's you're expanding your mind and and I think that that should never be look, like looked badly upon because as humans like we change our minds a lot and we don't mm. have to do the same job for 50 years if you want to do something else 
that's absolutely fine. Like, I know that if I win the lottery, I'm just going to let my dad um, quit his job and I'm going to pay for him to do basically like a historian degree because he loves history and he always wanted oh, to do that. That's amazing. Um, or something yeah. similar. Actually, he also says he wants to do wildlife conservation. So maybe I'll just get him. I'll get him both. Um, Start a family but, business. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't do the lottery. But if he did do the lottery and ever won it, then I would. I would give him like all of these degrees that he always wanted to do when he was younger because he couldn't. Because back yeah. in our parents' generation, it was really hard to get a university. Um, yeah, and I think and I, yeah. Oh no, sorry. I was just going to say. I think it was hard to like have careers or change careers like I mean I remember my mum telling me when she left school uh she was pretty much faced with the option of either being a nurse or being a secretary and she's squeamish so she was like I'll go do typing for a job and she was just a secretary for her like her whole career that's what she did uh and the idea of doing something else or retraining or having a, a an actual career with a degree and other things like in terms of like our, our lifetimes or our parents' lifetimes, this is kind of still just starting to happen more now. Um, it's still kind of emerging that we're seeing this and, you know, people changing careers later in life. And I think part of it is for our generation as like uh, millennials, the economy is so different for us compared to everything that's that's come before our time. And we're not typically in a position based on our wages and based on our savings where we can own property and I think that this has kind of made our generation change its priorities in terms of what we actually do want to do with our money and with our time and what spending trends have changed to is that millennials want experiences they want uh, to you know make fun memories with their friends and see people and uh, I guess it's kind of like see the world not, you know? not live like our parents did which is a really depressing thought but, but it's kind in a of weird true. way, I feel like some some of the choices that I've made, like I don't know if my mum would have gone travelling on her own if I had gone travelling on my own. I don't know if my dad would have done a, a different course uh, qualification later in life if he hadn't seen you know me and all my siblings do it and go, ah, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I can do this other thing. Like I, th- I think that we will basically see this more and more and more that people will get to a certain point and go, do you know what? Economically, who gives a fuck? I just want to be happy. Like, I just want to yeah. spend my time doing what I like to do. That's as simple as it needs For to be. Sure. And just get, it just takes us back to the just finance a little bit quickly. But when I was debating going to university, when I was at, um, doing my college BTEC, one of the lecturers actually turned around and said to me, because I was umming and ahhing about the money thing, I was like, oh, it's like, mm. because at this point it was nine grand a year before, if I'd gone to university when I should have done, it would have been the lower fees, because it's Same. nine grand a year in the UK. Yeah, Obviously, tuition I, fees went up and I got yeah. stung with the higher fees. I yeah. went I went literally the year that it came into force. So I was like, oh, um, So shit. <laughs> but I, at college and I was, I was looking at my UCAS page and I was still probably about 24 at this point. And the lecturer came over and, and she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I just don't know. I'm like, it's a lot of money. It's a big fucking loan. Look at all these, like, um, you know, fees, whatever it is they add on to it. I can't remember. Mm. Oh, all the uh, interest and stuff. Yeah, interest. That was it. And she turned around to me and she was like, look. She was like, the reality is that no one is ever going to be able to pay back these loans. They wipe after 30 years. She said, don't worry about it. She was like, even when they do start charging you, it's only about 10 or a month. She's like, personally, she was like, you're smart. It doesn't matter that you haven't come from a really well rich family that can't pay for your degree she was like you deserve it more than like more than anyone else oh. she was like just do it she's like oh don't God, worry about she it sounds like the best teacher yeah <laughs> That's so that so was lovely really nice because she was just basically just like look it doesn't that money doesn't even exist and this this is really bad advice for anyone by the way um, no, obviously but I agree. Are a big thing, like but they, yeah the money doesn't really exist <laughs> yeah 
this is the thing and I totally I, I I feel it gets real existential in my brain where I'm like it's not like I pay this money and the elves at Gringotts are going and putting this money in this so, so it's your money now it is <laughs> numbers on a screen that don't exist anywhere in the world yeah. and they are never going to see our student loans they know they're not going to see our student loans but they have to give us that money to like keep the economy moving so all us people who want to go get qualified go hey I can do a degree and they go yeah here's the money here you go fucking yeah. keep the country moving well yeah <laughs> we need to get people in jobs okay off you go <laughs> so I'm not saying that all of you out there that pay- actually paid the nine grand a year are suckers but um <laughs> But no. we're going to maybe pay a fraction of you, you, what we've If borrowed. you've got that money, you sure. may as well do it. But yeah. unfortunately, a lot of us don't. And I think for me, coming from not a poor family, because that makes it sound not what it is, but my family could not afford to give me nine grand a year. Oh, and God, then no, maintenance yes, same. on top of that. We like, were not in that position at all. You know, yeah. admittedly, when I went to university, I, I was amongst a lot of those kids that did have parents that were funding everything. You know, mm. I went in there with my paper book and pen and they had all these fancy iPads and I was like, yeah. well, this is a different world. Um, but yeah, like... <laughs> You can just tell kind of, obviously some people have had that done, which again is nice, but if you don't have that benefit, it's quite nice to think on that level of actually, well, this money doesn't really exist. It wipes Mm. after 30 years um, and you may as well do it because you shouldn't let your background punish you. It shouldn't be a a class thing Mm -hmm. and fuck it. (laughs) <laughs> and it's and it's not say. no but you're totally right and it's not just loans as well you can get bursaries there's a lot of other funding out there um that people like don't often know that they're, they're they qualify for so yeah of course like the right thing to do is be smart about the money think about it and and make the decision seriously but you know don't let it hold you back either because no, you know the the funding is out there and you know yeah i just i think it's not really something that I feel is going to be hanging over me in terms of actually affecting my life. Like it'll be there in the background and I'll be like, oh, I owe tens of thousands of pounds. But do you know what? I I only start paying it back until I'm once I'm earning like, what, 20 grand a year or or so plus. And then, yeah, it wipes after 30 years. So like way more than that. Do not worry. It's like it's about 25 now. (laughs) Don't worry. When when they put the the things up, um, the fees up to nine yeah. grand it went up to about 25k a year um so don't worry it's all good i mean <laughs> you'll be fine if, for a bit. if things keep going as they're going like uh, going at the moment I, i'll be on universal credit till we come out of the pandemic like <laughs> i i just yeah and this is this is kind of another thing like because this is relevant and this is happening a lot at the moment and something i just wanted to touch on quickly like is now a good time to change careers in the middle of a pandemic no probably not is there ever a good time no probably not (laughs) like um at at the end of the day I think like what I had to to figure out and this is only something that each of us personally can do but I just had to to reckon with myself and go what will make me happy what do I feel comfortable doing am I okay with the debt am I going to take this opportunity seriously and make the best out of it do I feel it will get me where I want to be in my life and make make sure that I'm spending my time doing what I'm passionate about. And as long as I can reconcile all of that and I knew that it was the right choice for me, that's fine. But each of us will have different answers to all of those questions and different responses to all of these things. So like whether you want to change careers or not, 
it, it just has to be the right path for you. But like, I think for us, because it's something that we're seeing more, because it's something that we've both done or are in the process of doing it just I don't know yeah it felt like a really interesting thing to kind of touch on because I I just I see it happening more and more and I'm sure that there are people out there who relate to the stuff that we're talking about so hopefully it'll help someone help (laughs) make their decision I think you worded that really well oh thanks uh should we go should we go to uh science and creative corner yes so we are merging them this week because this is a bit of a curveball topic and because we're talking about uh career changes it's not really much science or creative stuff out there on this um so we thought we'd just have a a bit of a chat about the industries and um and yeah how we find it working in the industry but you actually are working in the science industry right now so um at the very bottom (laughs) i've started at the bottom but i'm still lucky to be here in a pandemic so i can't complain yeah yeah um so how how is working in the sciences in terms of getting into it as an industry um how how does it differ to other industries I can't say that I have like loads of experience between industries, but I would say that to get into it is much harder than I realised. But that's something that's, to be honest, that's any job as you come out of university because they want experience that you don't Mm -hmm. have because you've been at university. Like they want work experience, which you're not really going to have much of. But generally, I'd I'd say it's fine. Um, Obviously, my experience has been during the pandemic, so I can't really give like a, a kind of accurate accurate thing but Mm. generally I I think that I know that I'm gonna have to 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 work kind of in the brunt of some of it to begin with to get up the ladder I know that I'm not going to be paid very much to begin with and I'm going to be doing some tough work I'm covered Mm. in mosquito bites Um, (laughs) I've fallen down in the forest a lot like I know that this is a ladder to climb and that's fine as long as I'm right now after working office jobs after coming out of my master's for a while which have nothing to do with what I was doing even just to be get paid a little bit more, but to work in an industry that I studied for, for me mm. is gratifying enough right now. And I know that I'm 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 getting there. So how about you? So uh I mean I I've been so my I finished my degree, I guess, around two months ago and I've been applying for jobs since then, but um all I've gotten is literally rejection, 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 rejection. Um so I understand that for a lot of people in similar situations, a lot of graduates of the class of twenty twenty are gonna be in the same situation trying to get into their industries desperately and not necessarily being able to because we're in a position where the feedback that I am getting from the roles that I've got I've gone for is that basically hundreds of people are applying for every one vacancy like literally hundreds a good friend of mine works uh in hr uh and she uh said they they advertise for a role that's normally really difficult to fill and they had 700 people apply for this one role at their company and like that is very much what we're facing right now so um i can't again comment kind of too much about personal experience in the creative industry um but what is really great is that my degree that I did had a lot of industry links and a lot of industry professionals so it's still at least I have kind of some awareness about how it works um so a lot of creatives have uh some kind of 
steady income stream, either as a full-time job or a part-time job, um, because basically there's just a massive lack of arts funding, um, especially here in the UK. Like arts funding is actually a lot better in the US, um, notoriously, uh, and uh, but here in the UK it's, it's really underfunded, and there's there's been a lot of uh, campaigns and stuff to to fund um, music venues and theatre and a lot of artistic uh, you know companies during the pandemic because the government orig- originally didn't give any money um, to saving the arts uh, and you know it's something that I think the UK likes to really pride itself on like oh we're the home of Shakespeare we have the globe we have the royal ballet and it's like well yeah but if you don't pay to keep the staff who work at these theatres employed they're not going to exist anymore like it's as simple as that so thankfully they have uh, stepped up and um, you know given a little bit of arts funding but it is really difficult um, making it uh, it's kind of making a lot of money in the creative industry Uh, you know I think a lot of people have the dream that like they'll have the JK Rowling rags to riches kind of story uh, where they write a a book and it gets published and they make millions uh, later in life and, and get to do everything they ever wanted uh but that's not the reality for most of us um but i think striving to to be talented and striving to be good at what you do and striving to be happy uh is probably i I mean for me it is enough i don't i don't feel like i need the fame and the money and everything i just want to do what i love because i spent maybe 10 12 years doing what I hated because I felt like I should. I felt like I needed to to climb the ladder. I felt like I needed to save up and get a house and a mortgage and all that shit. Um, I I don't, I don't feel like I need that anymore. I feel like I just need to be happy. (laughs) So even if I'm, you know, um, applying for jobs and getting knocked back and um, actually spending my time writing scripts and novels and, uh, you know, blogs and, you know, also being in a creative community which um I mean having the internet is such a a big boost for creatives as well uh so like there's writing communities on Twitter on Instagram there's book communities there's literary magazines you can get your work out there um another friend of mine is a musician um he's been streaming live music from his living room um during the pandemic so like I mean this is the awesome thing about creative people there's a challenge and they go ah I'm good at thinking creatively. I can think of a solution for that. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna learn this new skill, or I'm gonna put my work out there in this kind of a way. Um, so I think, as as much as it's tough, and as much as there are barriers, I feel they they are is is possible to overcome them. Um, but being part of a community massively helps, and loving what you do is for me just the absolute bottom line. It's just for sure. got to be about the passion, but also just to take it to this like science again like for looking for jobs I think as you're saying like you've applied to loads and like got rejected mm. I had the exact same thing when I when I started looking and it's just unfortunately it's just a horrendous economy at the moment for jobs and <laughs> yeah I think I I must have been looking for at least three months and I got mm. rejected by loads I think I you know I got lucky once and it's unfortunately it's a game of numbers yeah. it will be a game of numbers for anyone even if you're looking for retail jobs or office jobs for yeah bar work everything in. you know it's it's a game of numbers. A lot of the time, 
I find that there's a lot of internal hiring that goes on that they don't tell you about. Mm. You d- often you just don't, don't hear back. Like it's, it's just it's awful. But I think the thing is to remember, which I think I said to you, like it's just don't worry. Like it will, something will come up, but it's just almost like you just got to keep throwing the the applications at the thing, and eventually it will come. It will come true. But um. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly just head over to Science Corner just to wrap up Science Corner, to be honest. Science um, section. I'm the one in the corner. You've got, you're the <laughs> one with a section. Oh, I can remember. I thought I had a corner. Oh, no, it's science section, isn't it? Oh, shit. I don't even know my own section. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of, like, path t- changes in science, mm. um, apparently Einstein said that uh, a person who has not made his great contribution to science before the age of 30 will never do so. So thanks, Einstein. Um, what's really obviously- funny is that everyone just <laughs> thinks of Einstein as being the like the old man with the big hair and like <laughs> yeah but the thing is with with what he said is it was true for that time and I know well, that he's probably more talking about Nobel Prizes and making like big discoveries and that's more like physics and I'm not really into that but I think it shows that times have changed apparently nowadays the peak age for physicists so obviously i know it's not exactly what i do but it's still science mm. um for Nobel prizes is about 48 so oh, shit. wow but when you know when einstein was hanging about it was like late 1900s i mean he died in 1955 born in 1879 to be honest people weren't living that long back then anyway <laughs> yeah and you know they probably were making good discoveries before age 30 because there probably was a lot to discover they're probably like shit um, i've probably only got till i'm age 50 better crack on with the science <laughs> yeah and it was just a different time and and i think there was less scientists um obviously now there's a lot more scientists and we know a bit more mm. about the world than we did back then so there probably right. was a lot of things happening when people were quite young now you know it's a, it's a different age different mm. time um and apparently now most doctoral students uh, are in their 20s and 30s in well it's data from the u.s and european science says this basically but 5.3 percent of the phd recipients are between 41 and 45 and 8 percent are older than 45 wow. and it's very rare for anyone under 30 to have completed a phd now and yeah. it's not uncommon for them to be over 50 so in the science area um fucking go for it like become a scientist at 40 who cares it happens yeah. a lot from what i found um as i said are those two lovely people that were in that history archaeology degree with yes this? yeah um you know there is you're never too old to learn something new it doesn't necess- i know it's hard because it may not necessarily be seen as a career if you're over 50 but you've still got time like there's absolutely no reason why you why you can't sort of explore it um yeah for sure and I think science is good for that. I think there is often there is often a lot of older generation and people starting it late in science, which is which is good because you know you don't have to be young to be a scientist. Like you mm. just don't. You can be any age and be a scientist. Oh, to be honest, it's the same for everything. You can you can be any age and do anything you want. That's going to be my last thing that I say. <laughs> Not ever. But well, no, hopefully you won't take a vow of silence for the rest of your life. <laughs> the podcast could really go off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> just silence. But you're totally right. It's the same. It's exactly the same in the creative industry. So Tolkien didn't publish um, like uh, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings till he was age 45. Harrison Ford wasn't discovered as an actor until Ooh, I've got like, one. his 30s. I've got one. He was a Alan Rickman. First yep. movie role at 46. Sorry, I had yep. that written down. I wanted to but say you're t- it. But you're totally right. Vera <laughs> Wang, um, she yep. started her career as a figure skater. She didn't become, she uh, held that role for like 15 years and um, before deciding to uh, to get into to fashion design. Like it is, it happens all the time. And I think it is something that we will see more and more. So all of that stigma, all of that fear, all of that feeling young and all this pressure to be like, oh, I have to do the career 
tick all the boxes or being a bit older and thinking, oh, it's too late for me. That is just noise. Like I would just encourage everybody to just be like, block it out. That is not helping you. Just figure mm-hmm. out what makes you happy and then go for it. And do you know what? If just earning loads of money does make you happy, fine. Good luck to you. Go be whatever job pays really, really well. I don't know. Banker, con artist, <laughs> um, something like that, maybe. <laughs> if, if, yeah. But if that's what makes you happy, go for it. It's fine. Like as long as you're not hurting people, um, I think we just, you know, sometimes you just got to, try and live every day like of doing Mm -hmm. doing what makes us happy and for me that's that's what's what's driving me even if I'm getting rejection after rejection it's really funny like I'm not I'm I'm not feeling like scared and worried and upset I'm just feeling like it'll happen it's okay I'm doing what makes me happy I can't really hope for much more it's as you said it's the importance of hobbies um because even like say for example someone has or you or has to take a temporary job mm-hmm. where you work in an office for a bit but then also do all your creative stuff and your writing stuff on the side which eventually then becomes a job mm-hmm. who cares like you'll get there how you get there and as long as you have that passion and dedication in what you want you're not going to stop and yeah. so it's only if you lose that dedication that's the problem and you know you've you've obviously worked enough to to do it to get as far as you have so you're not going to stop now that's kind of like how I was because I had to basically mm. take a break to work in an office for two years you know learn to drive and basically get myself sorted so I could do the job that I wanted to do in science yeah and everyone would always say to me like are you not worried that you're gonna just do this and then you're never gonna leave and you're gonna stay there forever maybe my mum said that bless her um and I was like, no, because I basically spent seven years of my life <laughs> studying mm. science. I'm not going to stop for this. And now this is a controversial point that I'm about to make. I thought you were is, done, by the way. No, <laughs> I'm not done. I'm not going to say anything else. Now, here's a controversial point. <laughs> <laughs> here's a controversial statement. I've worked really hard in science and I've done it for a long time. and I've got good life experiences. But part of me now is still questioning it. And I'm not questioning right. it for an office job because that would be going with what my mum just said that was wrong about me. But I'm <laughs> right. questioning it because I love what I'm now doing as a hobby in video games and podcasts. Mm. I adore it. I love streaming. If someone now offered me a streaming career, I would take it. And yeah. I know that sounds mad because you're like, well, you've just told us how important wildlife conservation is to you and animals. What the fuck are you talking about? But the thing <laughs> is, our brains change and the things that we want change and what brings us happiness changes. Yes. And I can get joy from both of these things, but not have to do them at once simultaneously. And yeah. so, although, yes, I if I got offered a streaming career right now, I would take it. It doesn't mean that down the line, I'm not going to become a fucking scientist saving the gorillas. Like whatever brings me happiness at that point in time that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's bringing me happiness and yes right now gaming is my hobby and science is what i'm doing with my main career but that doesn't mean it's not going to swap yeah and that's absolutely fine and it doesn't matter totally agree totally agree i think that's that's a really nice kind of conclusion is that yeah we change in our lives mm-hmm. our careers probably will too yeah. um yeah that's that's kind of in a nutshell I think (laughs) and it's allowing it to change too like what you do at 30 for 10 years may not be what you want to do at 40 Mm. and it's accepting that that's a thing that happens and and going with it and not fighting it and saying well I I did this for so long so therefore I should keep doing this well actually no don't look at it like it's so stiff like it can be flexible you can do whatever you want and come back to it and go to it and it's not your passions aren't going to change what you enjoy well it might do a little bit but you know what I mean like yeah what you what is in your core isn't necessarily going to change but what makes you happy might do 
And if you're getting yourself out there learning new information and gaining new skills, like that's ever going to be a bad thing? Come on. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. Awesome. I think that is, you know, a really in-depth look at like career changes and everything that kind of goes with it from passion and finance to how other people see you and a whole bunch of other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that. I think, uh, I think we got a lot out. <laughs> yeah, we did. Do you know, I feel like I've cathartic. Yeah, um, I know. I feel like free now because... That was deep, man. Yeah. Just need to, need to like, uh, just chill for chill for the rest of the I night I feel now. like I need to go get a Nobel Prize. That's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, Einstein, I'm going to disprove your theory right now. <laughs> uh, e actually doesn't equal MC squared. Uh, yeah, basic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that was good. That was good. Cool. Awesome. Okay, so if you want to send us an email, give us any suggestions, you can email us at notforgirlspodcast at gmail.com. Yep, and if you want to come interact with us on social media, we are at notforgirlspod on Twitter and Instagram. Cool. Well, we hope that you will go out there and live your best lives, and if you want to change career, then go for it. Yeah, let us know if if you're undergoing a career change, thinking about uh, changing careers, or if it's something that you've you've done in the past and what your experience was. We would love to hear from you. And if you feel like you need to get out of the job you're currently in, just channel Teenage Leah. (laughs) Just go click dislike on everything and go, (laughs) oh, I hate this job. Uh, And everything will be fine. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.